Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is The World As It Is Today. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's been another month. It sure has. Holy crap, it flew by. Yeah, we're um, into April. It's April 2nd as we're recording this, so no fool's jokes. No, too late. We missed it. We can't joke. <laughs> no, no humor <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot going on here. Yeah, as we discussed in our last one, we we discussed that the world is expanding. Yeah. But how about are we? Right. Are we expanding? <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely are. I mean, things are changing uh, as we speak. Yesterday was the last day of the mm, loop of monotony with my Matrix job. Now it's still the same old Matrix job, but just the loop is being tightened and changed and that changes what I'm my time at home here yeah I'm really looking forward to you having more time to work at the homestead and less time away yeah and we're really good at being poor so it actually doesn't matter if we're gonna make less money I, I know it's uh well yeah gosh I can't remember when it was I remember at some point there was something changing in our lives that meant less money and someone at the old audio body shop said like well what are you gonna do you can't you can't let that happen. I was like, Oh no, we'll adjust, you know, like, don't worry. And it was this real, like, no, you can't adjust. Like (laughs) you need to, you, you, like, uh, you know, it's that whole concept of like, you get used to a lifestyle. Yeah. You you have to maintain that. Even the courts recognize that you can't backslide on a lifestyle. If you were driving new cars, you can't go to buying used cars. You know what I mean? Like kind of a concept. Yeah. But for us, it was like in that moment, I can't quite remember the circumstance that would help me bring myself it was into probably it. when i was gonna leave work and no because i was because no, you were I was, already out I was of there still out of there already which is yeah. uh about a year ahead um but uh i don't i just don't remember what it was maybe it was like i was changing my hours i was going yeah. from like my 70 hour weeks down to like 40 hour yeah. weeks how could you possibly like, how can you do that that's a major loss and it's like yeah it's a major loss but it's a major gain in our time you know so it's like it's it was this like trade-off that felt right for us. And yes, it would mean less money, but it just meant adjustments. Yeah. I think that that's what one thing, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on here, but you proposed to me on a day. It was very special. We were driving to my parents' house where I, was I living there? No, we lived together. We were just going to my parents' house and you were going to tell my dad. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking about, you know, how, the reality of that you proposed and we were going to get married. And I was like, well, what if, what are we, you know, like, what if we fight? What if, what if we fight? And you're like, about what? And I was like, I don't know, like what my parents used to fight about, like money. And I was like, bills. Mm-hmm. And you were like, well, if we get a bill, then we'll just pay it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. Whoa. Like mind blown. What a, what a concept. It was like simple though. And that's what my parents fought about. And so my dad was like, who cares? I'm racking these up. I'm not going to pay them. I'm not going to care. Right, right. I'm not, I I need a new four wheeler now, or not necessarily that makes it sound like a toy, but like I need new, I need to buy this house today so that I can fix it up and it'll be worth twice as much. And it's cool if we go in the red on all of our bills, because I know I can do this in such a period of time that we'll just pay our backlog bills and we'll have more money at the end of it all. So just chill out about it. Yeah. And, Um, and that didn't. That, no. that makes for, for a bad dynamic. Yeah, especially when you're with someone that doesn't have trust, period. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So they would just worry. And so, yeah, I said, what are we going to do? And you're just pay the bills. And I was like, oh, that's kind of it's stupid. You know, it's just a stupid yeah, thing to say. Yeah, paying bills you, is stupid. I agree <laughs> 100%. We should never do it again. I was thinking about what you were saying was stupid. But um, it's the reality of that is true. And and to be able to do that, you have to not rack up bills that you cannot pay. So whenever our income adjusts, we adjust our our spending. And then it takes care of itself. <laughs> I was talking with someone uh, two months ago or so who's uh, early 30s, I'd say. And uh, I was absolutely blown away to find out that he's never had a credit card. Whoa, that's great. And he had a similar philosophy to us. Um, He's never been in debt. And he's um, married in, I don't know, probably 32, something like that. And I was like, wow, man, you have made it really far. I didn't make it that far without a credit card. However... 
I, I didn't tell, I, I didn't tell him my life story, but you know, like within that, like, uh, we've actually talked about it on here before yeah, like, we, when I got for that trailer that I needed some parts and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, and I've never been irresponsible with that credit card, but, and I think he's in a position at, in his thirties that he could probably get a credit card now and not be irresponsible. Cause he just, there's this, there's this thing that I learned, you learned, and apparently a lot of people don't learn. And I think it all gets driven in probably between like 18, you know, that's when you're legally an adult and 30 where debt is life. Life is debt to move forward in life is to move forward in debt. And you're not like, maybe even you're not responsible if you're not in debt. Um, and yet now here, as we're going to take a pay cut, uh, I mean, you're, you're making money in different ways and I hope to make more money by being home than yeah. I am currently uh -huh. at, at the, the precious little time I have at home. Like we, we intend to raise our other income up. Yeah, more hustle. No, no doubt there, yeah. but we're taking a cut in that really solid. It's been really nice having that solid paycheck, oh, sure. that matrix paycheck, punch the clock. I get through it, and then at the at every at the end of every two weeks, I, I bring home a, a very consistent check. I mean, even though there's variation in that, but still, it's uh, we know that money. We rely on that to come in, and we'll still have something coming in. It's just it's going to be a close to half of what it was. Uh, I forget where I was going with this, but uh, oh yeah, because I was talking about just that when. We, because of the way we lived, and we'll say from 18 to 30 with zero debt, you know, zero whatsoever, it makes it so that when we're uh, reaching a point like this, we don't even think about credit. Like credit's like just not an issue. Debt is not something that we're anticipating. Um, you know, we have, we have what we saved. We're we're going to make all of our purchases based on what we have. If we need something, you know, it all comes down to, to um, Ludwig von Mises uh, uh, time preference and human action stuff. Uh, if we need something that's not available to us, then we use our time preference to save the money till we can get what we need. Mm -hmm. We, we, we will find a way. We always have a way. Or you use your time to make it, or you use your time to make something that you can trade for it. It doesn't matter how it comes about. You know, you need something, you figure it out. There's an aspect in our culture that, um, I don't comment on too often, but I, I think I see, I'm not, I don't, I don't see it directly. So that's why I don't comment on it. But, uh, we, we have a concept of poverty and being poor and what that means. And it's terrible being, being poor sucks. And we're all supposed to feel bad about people being poor, but what is poverty in America today? Um, like, I think there's a lot of personal responsibility that's available within poverty that is completely overlooked because there are things that we consider almost like basic human rights that cost money that like people internet connections, internet, and cell internet. Phones? I was going to say cable, but internet is not, is what it is now. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's homeless. People have smartphones if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's always weird to me still when they're sitting there on cardboard and like hunched over with a glowing screen. Try telling someone from 1980 that the most poverty stricken people will be sitting on the corner of the street with a device, which has uh, a million times the computing power of that, which took us to the moon, you know, or whatever. And they're usually sitting next to some building where they're plugged into their electricity and using their Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And there's like, yeah, you can, you can find free electricity to, to, to charge these things all the time and whatnot. Um, a poor, poor family, a really poor family, a family living in poverty, the ones that we should feel bad for and be donating cans for Thanksgiving and, you know, um, the, the people we're supposed to think about. Um, the ones, I don't know if they still run them when I was listening to terrestrial radio more, they'd still run ads saying. Ketchup um, soup? Is that what you're thinking of? No, no not okay. specifically. Just ones like for our county yeah. that would say, you know, uh, four in 10 children are not going to have dinner tonight. Oh yeah. They go to it, school. It would be, it'd be like, well, it'd be only like, meals are at school. Yeah. It'd be like, we, we need to pay more for school lunches. We need to provide school breakfast. We need to provide school dinner. 
um, because all these kids don't get to eat because their parents can't afford food. And anybody who can afford food who's hearing this is going, oh, shit, man. I'm outliving my existence and in return someone else is 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 not getting enough out of their existence. Well, okay. First I'm skeptical of everything that that ad would suggest. Yeah. <laughs> everything. But let's just pretend that family's real. Uh, no, this is not a pretend. We'll just say that that family is real, right? Um what could they do to get food on their plate that that they're paying for elsewhere? They probably have internet they probably have smartphones. They might even have cable on top of that. They have electricity. They have running water. They have all these things, you know, like to a, at a certain point, like it could make sense to not have electricity in lieu of cans of food that don't need to be heated to eat to sustain your family. What's more important to you, having electricity or having your kid eat a, a third meal a day, if that's the way you structure your food. It's interesting to me because yeah, the commercial I was referring to was a radio commercial. It was like, what's for dinner, mom? And it's like, uh, ketchup soup again. And it's like how to make ketchup soup, four packets of ketchup that you took from a fast food restaurant mixed into hot water. It's like, you know, your kids are going hungry somewhere. Right. And I'm like, I'm thinking like that's high level propaganda. Okay. Because it really feels like they're just trying to get more cash. Uh-huh. More ta- either oh, yeah. tax dollars or oh, donations, yeah. because I have been poor. My all my upbringing was poor until I was like past a teenager. My my dad made some good wheels and deals, and mm-hmm. it started to go pretty well. You'd have a big upswing, and then and then followed by uh, being back to poverty. <laughs> yeah, back <laughs> to, to buttered noodles, um, uh, margarine noodles. <laughs> With shaky cheese, but uh, that you got from the pizza place. You get from the <laughs> sawdust factory. Yeah, there are sawdust uh, <laughs> sawdust packets from the pizza place down the road. <laughs> but really, um, I was poor. But not only was I poor, but I always knew kids that were even poorer than me mm-hmm. at school, and that's who I ran with because I went to a really rich school district. That's right. So I kind of had to I had to find my place with the the poor people and. The ones who weren't eating dinner were the ones who had parents that were addicts. Yes. They were not, it was never about how much money they had. It was about how neglectful the parents were because there are resources out there to get food. You, you have people donating, uh, you have the food bank line to stand it. You have DSHS to give you food stamps, which are, are hundreds of dollars a month to be able to buy food and make sure you have enough. But when there's something else like mental illness or addiction, or usually uh, often that goes hand in hand, then they're not taking care of their kids. That's um, that's the more realistic approach to that that ad that I was talking about of saying that kids right here right now are not eating dinner because they're in poverty. There's the addict side of it. I was trying to paint that picture of reality that they're trying to paint to us. Like we're accepting that as reality. They're not talking about addiction in that ad. They're not. They're making it seem that the system chewed up and spit out these people and it's your fault. It's always a single mom with like a really classic diner waitress outfit on. Yeah. And she's just come home and her feet are throbbing from Mm -hmm. her, um, you know, 14 hour shift Mm -hmm. and she's making them ketchup soup. God you know, she, no one's she could doing be, that. She's she could be taking some of that stuff. pancake batter and little baggies that she lines her pockets with, and she could be getting out of there with that. And assuming she pays her electricity bill, she can turn that into pancakes when she gets home. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know if you don't, you're cooking on a candle. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's different but ways yeah. to be resourceful. That's not usually the people that have starving kids. Those they, those kids are fed. They owe the picture that they want you to think of when you're thinking of that kid not eating is a a parent. I mean, a kid with a single parent who's working their ass off and maybe even they have enough money to pay for that meal, but they're working their ass off for that money and aren't there to provide the meal, to cook the meal, to make, to, to put, to make sure that they're eating properly. Instead, they're eating a bowl of Lucky Charms, which, well, guess what? The parent fucking bought that. That's all the best kids' movies are that. Mm -hmm. Like, because then the kids go off on their own and do something amazing. I'm even thinking of Iron Giant. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, his mom his, was a waitress. Yeah, his mom was a waitress. And she, you know, tells him what he can have for dinner. And he, like, eats a Twinkie, you know, in, oh, front, of, okay. in front of the TV. I don't specifically remember that. But, uh, yeah, I get that I get that concept. Hogarth was the kid's name. It's such also, a weird it's, name. It's a dumb reference. I hate 
a lot of the time I hate when people reference Family Guy, uh-huh. but it makes me think of a, I'm pretty sure it was really old Family Guy because I can remember it, um, where uh, the daughter, the ugly daughter gets a job as a waitress. Oh, yeah. And then she says Stewie's a crack baby. Yeah, so she, she, brings, can get she, she has tips. to bring her little baby brother and everyone thinks it's her son. And they're like, oh, my God, she's a single mom. Like, let's give her tips and tips and tips. And then she starts telling people that the baby's a crack. Like, she's a crack addict and the baby's a crack addict. Yeah. He's born a crack addict. And, and the only thing that satisfies it is pancakes. Yeah. So we need more money to and buy more pancakes. he becomes kind of a crackhead for pancakes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But, yeah, that has to be in the first three seasons because I watched those a mm-hmm, bunch and mm-hmm. I didn't watch anything else. I mean, I haven't I, I've, I've watched them. occasional episodes since it came back on. Yeah. It came back on. That was, the like, 20, season. 20 seasons ago. Yeah, did it? <laughs> canceled after his second or third season i can't remember but i had the first know. three on dvd i'm pretty sure yeah yeah and i would just like put them on when i was drunk and fall asleep to them um but uh you know the, the only reason to really make that reference isn't to make people laugh and think about family guy which is usually the With intention what happened uh it's just that's that stereotype yeah. they uh, seth mcfarlane was playing on that stereotype oh, yeah. when he when he um did that but the reality is is like you said it's not fucking people working single parents that are working their asses off, whether it be the man, the single dad, who's an electrician, who's working 12 hour days and, and isn't good in the kitchen and all that kind Uh of stuff. Or it's the mom who's at a diner, you know, it's not that those, those are tragic situations, but those people who work all the time are at, at worst, it's that they're not there to put the food into the child. Um, but most likely they have plenty of money to do it. They, they're just not prioritizing because yeah. they're scattered. Because raising a kid, especially if you had like four kids and you're a single parent, that's got to be hard ass shit. I can't fathom having. But you to have do the that. four kids, then you have kids cooking for themselves. Eventually, yeah. but say you had quadruplets or whatever, you had four yeah. babies at the same time, and and now you're a, a single person taking care of those. It's like, oh boy. Yeah, that's a struggle. But you can't donate to uh, the food bank with that story. Mm-mm. So you no, you find that family <laughs> and you help that family, not donate to a fucking uh, 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 nonprofit organization yeah, that we're... promises that they'll get it to them. But really, it's going to go to the people. I keep saying almost saying but not quite getting there that you already mentioned the crack addicts yeah the fucking horrible parents who are horrible parents for reasons other than their lack of money no it's, it's like their lack what? of money is the is the cause is caused by their um bad character yeah um and i don't mean to paint that if you're a junkie you're a bad character if you're a junkie who has kids who's not taking care of your kids, you're a bad character. Yeah, you're making some poor choices. For you're sure. making some real poor choices. Well, this is interesting how we got here just from saying that you weren't going to work as much because we jumped right in and it's actually right oh, along the topic because that I'm I... also going to take up a new hobby of smoking crack. <laughs> so I, I, you hadn't mentioned that. I, yet. Yeah, the, sorry. I, probably you know, not the I, right I place really to reveal my plan. I pegged you for a heroin guy, but I mean, all right, whatever. Well, yeah, it makes sense that I do heroin because I would enjoy that, but crack. Is going to give me the push I need to get, to, to get all those chickens done. slaughtered. I'm like, honey, those are the laying hens. Stop. You those are say. eggs. You're chopping the heads off eggs. You've gone too far. Chopping the heads off eggs. Oh, gosh. Well, okay. So it's interesting because we got to this place, and what I wanted to talk about was responsibility. Mm. And that's all we've talked about that's basically is, so yeah. far. Um, but I, I had this one thing I wanted to share that you might remember. A long time ago, when our oldest son was very little and he was learning to talk, he was probably three, maybe four max. I was, I'm thinking he's in th- the three-year-old uh, age. He, he was doing something and I said, oh, you know, I don't remember what it was, but I said, oh, do you want me to help? And he says, no, thanks, mom. It's my responsible ability. Aww. And it was like, oh, come on. <laughs> That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. And he was proud to to take his responsible ability and, and handle something. Uh-huh. And he's been, he's our son that loves vocabulary. He loves learning new words. And he has always tried to use words before anyone directly told him what they meant. Mm-hmm. And he's always been like 95% accurate on the, what a meaning of a word would be. Yeah. And I, I love that about him. And it's something that he and I both really enjoy figuring out what words mean without looking them up and then looking them up to, you know, 
see if we're, we were right or whatever. It's like we always say, words have meaning. Yeah, words have meaning. So responsible ability. I really, I really think of that often in my head. Uh, responsibility, responsible ability. Dude, that is, as I think about that, that's a great way to break down that word. You know, and think about like, what does the word responsibility mean? It means a responsible ability. You have it. It's your ability. Within your ability to be And you need to be responsible to yeah. do that ability. You have the ability to not spend money on crack. Yeah. And provide it for your, it's your ability. You have that ability. It's your response to responsible. doing it. Responsible, yes. You know? So uh, anyway, um, not just that, you know, word as much as thinking like what I always tell our kid and I, what I'll tell our younger one as he, what he's hearing now without me speaking directly to him is that responsibility is freedom and responsibility is control. Mm -hmm. If you want to be in control of something, you need to take responsibility for it because then you can enact the change that you want to see. Mm -hmm. If you are a victim, then you are at the whim of someone else's control. And if you take responsibility for your actions or even for other actions or things that are maybe slightly outside of your control, like you have more, you have more of the reins of life than you would if you had not. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Exactly. It's, um, uh, in the, in the words of the great Hank Hill, <laughs> Yes. uh, he said, I can't quite remember the circumstance, but he says something approximately this. He says with the privilege of responsibility. I love that he called it privilege. With the privilege of responsibility comes the burden of obligation. Uh, and he was referring to that you need to, uh, responsibility is a privilege because it's freedom, like you just said, right? But then there's also some burdens with that. You know, we have the freedom to have as many birds here as we want. We can raise all these chickens. We can, we can get all these animals. But then there's, a, there's also a bit of a burden that you need to, to balance with that, which is you need to feed them. You need to take care of them. You can't be, you know, same, same with children. You can have children. We have, the, we have the freedom to have as many children as we want, but we ha then have the burden with that responsibility that is that we have to feed them. Sure, we have to care for If we for don't do thing. that, yeah. then we're not uh, partaking in that privilege of responsibility sure. without taking on the burden of the obligation. Uh, yeah, there was this... Okay, so I got an email a while ago, maybe like in January or February, from a listener... Um, I think he was originally a listener of this this uh, podcast, but I think he's also listening to the Greener Postures podcast. Okay. And he said that I he 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 sent me a screenshot of his work computer and like his email sign off was like a quote from me, and it was really sur surreal to have that happen. His name is Clay. Hi Clay, thank you for listening. Um, but he, he I can't now I can't remember the quote already. It said. With responsibility comes freedom, I think, is what yeah. what the quote was. Do you remember? I think I, I told I remember, you about it. I remember that you that that happened. Yeah. Because I was as blown away as you were. <laughs> I mean, that is such an honor that anybody would use a quote from, from you to, to yeah, I know. in their emails. But yeah, it was something to the effect of that uh, uh, if you want more freedom, you need to take on more responsibility. And um, that is fucking beautiful that you said it. It's amazing that thank, thank you, Clay, for listening to us and, uh, and, and, uh, admiring words like that from, from Lanny, because I mean, that gets at the heart of a lot of what, um, you know, let's go to pre 2020, uh, Chud and all of my anarcho libertarian, blah, 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 bullshit. It all like, you could tell, I can still, to this day, I can tell if someone knows what the fuck they're talking about and they use the term anarchy or anarchism or anarchist, if they're talking about chaos, they're retarded. Yeah. If, they're, if they understand that truly the essence of reading all of that shit is freedom and anarchism is the ultimate responsibility. It is putting responsibility in everyone's hands. Like, it is... It is more responsible. People think of anarchism and they think no more responsibility. They're full of shit. Yeah. No, it's taking all of the responsibility yes. back from corporations and government entities and putting them in your own hand. Your responsibility is to feed yourself and to make peace and to take care of your family and deliver your babies and all. Yeah. I mean, that's what that is. It, uh, it comes to like a really profound thing um, that I, I thought 
of in a thought experiment, probably Bob Murphy, Tom Woods, one of those guys was um, just because you can shoot one, someone doesn't mean you should. Right. Like, what are the repercussions of shooting someone? Yes. Okay. Anarchy. There's no more rules. You can do anything you want. Nothing is off the table. You can shoot someone. However, you might want to make sure that that person isn't a respected member of society with people who would defend them because guess what? They can shoot you too. Well, take away that controlled authority and think that the consequences that your life brings are yours then and there without a buffer. You don't go through a trial. Someone shoots you back. Yeah, someone shoots you back. Or you do go through a trial because you have have a set of rules within your anarcho-society. And they and everyone determines like okay you got a choice we either put a bullet in your head or you go in this cell for the rest of your life. My or... my favorite moment ever is maybe when my mom was you know what about the roadsing us mm-hmm. and uh, I think I can't remember it was oh, something that, about that one time lo- like she was doing that <laughs> laws we were sitting in the kitchen and uh, or she was sitting you know as usual people sit on the stools on the other side when I'm working in the kitchen and she's <laughs> she said something about you know laws being important and. I, th- I can't remember if it was you or me said the old, well, so if rape became legal tomorrow, yeah. how many people would you rape? And my mom just like stands up shot. and starts walking towards the door. And she's like, I was like, I was like, Hey, just so you know, my answer to that is zero. <laughs> like for, and I think every man that you know, yeah. that answer is zero because let's the... legalize rape. Let's see how many more people start raping. No. How many people, who want to rape right now are going, man, I am, I'm, I'm rearing and ready to go. And I want to, to rape that woman sitting right there, but you know what? It's illegal. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to make plans to do this in a way that the law won't see that I did it. You know, like, God, you know, when, so when you sometimes. run for mayor, the, the sound clips from this are going to be really good. Ones oh yeah. When I, run, when I run for mayor. <laughs> Oh man, but you know, I what what I was thinking about with what Clay said, I don't actually remember which episode that was from. I don't remember what context I was using it in. And but at that moment when he emailed that to me, I needed to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. I needed to be reminded mm-hmm. that I thought that because sometimes doing all the things gets tiring and sometimes it feels like it might not be as rewarding as you set out for it to be or you know sometimes a lot of the rewards come in time when you're working hard on something and you don't see them right away you have the freedom to ferment as much stuff as you want you could just start a new ferment every hour constantly and do that forever however you're racking up a burden yeah of obligation to uh, either uh, it's either obligation or you throw out your responsibility aspect of it and let all that food rot. Right. And it's, it's that you probably could have just let someone else who was going to like, you know, ferment one thing at a time or eat it in whatever, make cabbage soup instead of sauerkraut, yeah. whatever, you know, like um, that would have been more responsible to have not used your freedom to take on all of that and then let it go and not, not continue on with your responsibility, responsibility and freedom. I mean, they're almost like interchangeable in my head, at least at this moment. I could probably work myself out of that by talking long enough. But in general, it is. It really is like freedom. You know, uh, something I like to to think about sometimes is like freedom's not real. Put freedom in my hand. Show me freedom. What is freedom? It's not a real thing. It's a concept. It's a social construct. Well, I feel it might like almost start sounding free, negative. Freedom is the absence of something uh-huh. else. Is the yeah. absence of being controlled. It's uh, it, and it and it really isn't. It's not a thing. Just like the government's not a thing. You yeah. can't put it in my hand. Uh, but it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's uh, well, you know, we talked about it with Adam from Deborah gets red pilled when we were when we were doing it. freedom is always there. You just have to grab it. Don't change states to find freedom. Right. Find freedom where you're. Oh at. yeah, when we were on his show together. Yeah, when we went on. Deborah. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it's it it's so true. It's freedom is there. You don't you know as as we know from uh, from listening to. Um, sovereign citizenship and, um, you know, people, uh, living outside of, of the system within the system. You don't have to have a license plate on your car. You absolutely don't. It's not even a car. It's a mode of transportation. There's like all these like, like phrases and words that you need to 
be familiar with mm -hmm. in order to live this lifestyle in which, yeah, you don't need a license. You don't need your vehicle licensed. You don't even need a, a VIN number on your vehicle. Uh, the police have absolutely no right to speak to you under any circumstance um, in these, you know, like this is all true. When you research it and you research it tightly, it's like, damn, this is all right here. It's the freedom is right there for us to grab it anytime we want. But holy moly, don't just take the license plates off your car, throw out your wallet and get in it and, and start speeding around town. You have a lot of responsibility in order to f hold that freedom. Oh, in fact, yeah. that freedom might not feel like freedom. It takes more work to be able to keep them <laughs> off your back at that point. You're going to need that paper for me because I'm not. I can't retain especially specific wording really well. Uh, I would need to have like a whole folder of responses that I need to be able to quickly flip to and respond to police officers when they're talking to me. And I would need to, you know, I would need to have a lot of fucking ducks in a row to take the license plates off my truck and then go out and, uh, in this case, in my particular case, pretend like I have a right to fucking do that. I'd be pretending because I don't, because I don't have the responsibility. Now, someone else, uh, uh, Paul Unslaved, um, amazing YouTube channel. Uh, that guy has the responsibility to do this. He has the, uh, he has, he has done the research. He retains the information and he calmly deals with police officers. He films it and he shows how he does this. But that's also a guy who's dedicated his life to only that. He's left his family. He lives in his vehicle. Yeah. Like yeah. he, yeah, it's like, he he's he's given up everything to go fight this specific battle and i don't know like you know choose your battles that's uh, like a, a real thing people say that and it, it makes sense this is an absolute choose your battle it is i am so much more valuable to you guys as someone who just stays keeps my nose out of that shit altogether yeah, yeah. so that i can focus my freedom and responsibility here on our property expanding our family Yes, and, and our skills our and our skills resources. And our ability to survive if the power went out or the system went down or whatever fucking else. Like, that's all very useful to me. At which point, say the system went down, all that shit that uh, Paul enslaved, no offense to him, I'm sure he's not listening to this, but uh, all of that was an absolute fucking waste. Yeah. Because he just did that for his remaining years of the system being up, and now the system is down, and go ahead and drive whatever vehicle you want. And he you knows know, all these these different laws and stuff. don't exist he, Can anymore. you grow a plant? I mean, maybe you can too, how, but... How much of your brain power got dedicated to learning the laws, the fucking, the bullshit social construct laws of our government in order for you to be able to live outside of the government. I don't know. I think someone who's just in a cabin on, um, on a national forest that nobody knows exists and they're fucking bunkered out and they're living off the land. That person's actually experiencing freedom. Whereas the person who's needing to learn the system in order to grab the freedom is feeling less freedom. And we're this like middle ground in between where we're like, we're living in the system, but we're going to take as much freedom however we can without endangering our position. Right. And I think that true freedom, which comes from understanding of the, the natural world and building skills, I think that can't be taken away from you. I mean, they could kill you, mm -hmm. but you can take that with you where you go. The skills and the understanding of the natural world, being able to tell which way is North and being able to tell what, you know, keep track of the days based on the, the, sky and mm -hmm. being able to, um, you know, pay attention to what's coming next, probably based on the seasons and the way the plants look and the, which animals Be, are around being you. Being familiar with the sky is a sky clock. Yeah. There's a calendar and a clock. And same with pl the plants and the animals around you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this year is our fifth. No, it'll be the beginning of our fifth year here. I think mm -hmm. in May, May, okay. May is when we moved in and I'm bad at math. I'll I think we'll have, have finished, um, we moved in in 2019, so to 2020, 21, 22, 23. Um, so from from then, it will begin our fifth year here. So yeah, in like a month, we'll, we're beginning. Our so fifth we're year. beginning our fifth summer, uh, spring into summer here. Yeah. So I've I've witnessed it already four times. I'm into this fifth one to watch, and this time I'm seeing things so different. I'm anticipating when the that the um, wild roses are going to bloom. Um, about Memorial Day weekend. I, I know that the um, chickweed grows in the garden first when the soil is warm enough for me to start planting 
other seeds in there that will mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. die when they if they come up, like peas, lettuce, carrots, beets, radishes. Uh-huh. I I know um, that the dandelions will stor- shortly come next, and before I see the yellow flowers, if I want to collect dandelion buds, I should be looking now because they're down there in the grass. If you find their greens and you dig down, you find their buds. I know. I walk and pee on them all the time. <laughs> I'm going to collect those. And I don't even know it. <laughs> and you don't. But it's like all these little things that are there for me to understand. And it's just from observation. I think when we're moved farther and farther away from the natural world by just living in what we say the matrix, you know, is overusing that term. Yeah, yeah, but I'm really what, what I'm living in society, when I'm living in civilization, um, I'm, I'm living with uh, a detachment from the natural world and um, a lack of time to observe it. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that you wouldn't care. You know, some people love going on hikes on Sundays, but for 10 hours a day, five to six days a week, they're in an office on a computer. You just, you don't see it the same way you do as when you, you're, you know, you're outside every morning before mm-hmm. sunrise. Mm-hmm. Um, you have responsibilities with animals or plants to be able to take care of them outside in a natural environment. And I think that, I don't know, lear- learning those things and taking responsibility for those things really is, yeah, is skills that you build on that for your lifetime and you can pass down. I, I saw something, you know, screw Instagram and whatever, but there was some homesteader lady that I actually really like, home homemaker. I, I prefer to follow the homemakers that are doing all the things instead of people saying they're homesteaders. Sure. Um, this lady said that um, she she was like, I don't I didn't learn these things. These aren't skills that were left down to me. I was never in my grandma's kitchen under her apron. I I am learning these things now, but that's okay because sometimes the traditions start with you. Hey, I love it. And I was like, hell yeah, because sometimes I can get bummed that I don't have a grandma to remember. I mean, she used margarine to make me a uh, a, a grilled cheese sandwich with Wonder Bread and a Kraft single. And she was born in Italy. She was not the stereotype of the Italian grandmother. She uh, she had a fine taste in Italian food. She loved to eat. She, like when I would make her certain things, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't had it like this since Italy. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, or even Jersey. Like when they were in Jersey and they they were still the big family together. They all still cooked and made gnocchi and pastas and ravioli. But in particular, my gnocchi, she said she hadn't had it since Italy. She did? Yeah. Oh, she she said we never she had it. We never had it like this in, Jer- in, in Jersey. In Jersey. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So she, she was, um, she was then married a white guy who liked to cook and she just let, let it all go. Never got back into it. Yeah. So I never learned anything from her. And, and he cooked with sweet and low and, and, and by the time I remember him, yeah, he has, he was diabetic and he mm-hmm. was following all the doctor's orders to, to use margarine and sweet and low and everything else. Which, you know, I, I don't know. I know why we've never talked about it here. We barely talked about it in real life. You know, that's what my, my grandma that was in this house, that was, my childhood, she because by time you stuff. knew her, she was diabetic. However, right? everything was made twice. Right. She would because my grandpa refused to eat that shit. He just thought it was disgusting. So she would make something, and she would have two pans, and one she would use lard, and the other one she would use margarine, margarine or um, uh, seed oil or whatever. But my grandpa would—I'm sure he went through a phase where he would eat it, and he'd just be like, "I just don't." like it and he was a skinny guy so he didn't like he'd probably just like not eat if he didn't like it and she'd be like okay i guess i gotta have the lard and the seed oil it's interesting too because he lived to what 90 92 92? i think it was just barely 93 with most of his faculties about him yeah yeah until until six months six months before he died yeah and then your grandma passed away from complications of that disease yeah of diabetes and it all started with a fall yeah she which fell often broke a does. bone and before that bone healed she fell again and broke another bone uh-huh. and it was kind of like uh like a like a, a maybe maybe more than 12 months you know like maybe 18 months of just like if it wasn't this it was that and uh she was just miserable until 
she just slipped away in the night. It's, it's interesting too, because things like broken bones come from poor nutrition Mm -hmm. and, and she had earlier, uh, type two diabetes than some other people and was following those directions. And it's sad because you see like my, my grandpa died with one less leg and two less toes Mm -hmm. than he was born with. Well, seven less toes than he was born with because he had gangrene from his, his diabetes. And he, he wasn't managing his sugar with insulin and the diet they gave him. But you keep doing the same thing that's not working, and mm-hmm. it's just like it's crazy. Well, but see, that's oh man, it's I I've, I've been seeing this a lot lately in in multiple aspects of things. But like food is the biggest. Uh, they you they tell you that this is what's wrong and this is how to fix it, and it's with a incorrect diagnosis and uh, and uh, fix. They say you're you're this you're you're diabetic. You need to eat. No more sugar, so you need to replace it with this, this, and this. Um, and then people do that, and they do it, maybe they do it really well, really, really well. But that one package of cookies, they had one cookie, just a single one, right? Mm-hmm. And really, that's not too big a deal in the in the big sense of things, because they're mostly doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they just maybe they even just took a nibble, right? And then they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, no, you're getting worse. Have you been eating any sugar? Well, and the doctor goes, see, that's it. You're not doing your diet well enough. And they like put this guilt on you that you're the one who's doing it wrong. And then it continues forward with that, that you're, you're constantly trying to catch up. You're trying so hard. They tell you, don't eat red meat. Uh, You're going to have a heart attack if you eat red meat. Cholesterol. And and so that man does his best, absolute best, to not eat red meat anymore. And he's eating all this garbage that's making him worse. But he just can't fucking stand it. And he eats one um, roast beef sandwich. Uh, And he's like, oh, I I would gladly die to be able to eat these all the time. But really, he's getting sicker and sicker because he's eating all this other shit. That's shit. That's gross. Make you sick shit. That was what gave him, made him sick in the first place. But now he's doubled down on that. And then when he goes to his doctor and they say, oh, man, you're you're getting worse. Your heart disease is continuing. You haven't been eating any red meat, are you? Well, yeah. I did have see, one you know, hamburger. You know what I mean? Like, sandwich. you see this loop that, that I mean, yeah. you could do it over and no, over again. No, with anything. Well, and then that's the, that's the thing, though. When you take responsibility for your own health and your own diet and you do a little bit of research, it becomes apparent pretty quickly that anything that's a single ingredient, red meat, butter, milk. Those uh, are all the poisons, Vegetables. Right? These are, yeah, if it's only got one ingredient, it's poison, right? Those are the things that's what that my doctors told me to Not <laughs> able to be poisoned. Eggs, <laughs> eggs, egg yolks. Like none of those things are poison. Right. It's just not. You can't, like there are, are built-in mechanisms in a food that prevents you from eating too much of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you ever seen Cool Hand Luke though? <laughs> <laughs> he eats 100 hard, hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, you know, you could override them with your thinking brain, I'm sure. <laughs> but the reality is, is like, you, you, if you follow your society, satiation, mm-hmm. if you follow your internal cues that tell you when you're full, like you can't overeat real meat. Mm-hmm. You could overeat processed stuff into like the form of like hot dogs and cheese whiz. But if you're just eating like milk that's been made into a cheese and you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not going to overdo the real it. Deal. If you're, if you're eating real deal food. Uh, well, you know, I think that's within all of us always, even with or without totally real food. I think that we, we have a brain that overrides our instincts. Uh, the cookie tastes good. Therefore, I want to continue to taste it, and I don't give a shit if my body is asking for it or not. My brain is. I'm not listening to my body. I'm listening to my brain kind of a thing Um, because uh, I I don't know if we've ever actually talked about my diet on here, the the way I eat of that, like, I guess we call it intermittent fasting. Um, You know, I don't eat all day. Um, I I only eat 23 hours a day. No, um, (laughs) I, I don't eat. Uh, I, I mostly don't eat until evening yeah. after a day of not eating. And I don't tell people that very often because the reaction is usually weird or whatever. I don't know, but it's because 
I got there. I didn't hear about intermittent fasting and be like, ooh, let me try that. Uh, this happened so fucking naturally for me by me listening to my body. And it had to do with me working too much as well because uh, I had long, long days. And um, I had an hour for lunch every day out of uh, the middle of a 12-hour shift, which was actually 13 hours of, of being there because of that hour lunch. And um, then um, breakfast was just out of the picture because I left early. I just didn't ever do that. So, like, I never felt like I needed breakfast during that time. And I already didn't eat breakfast before that, per se. Per se. I haven't eaten breakfast since I was a kid, basically, except when I'm hungover and going out for breakfast with a group of people or then something. Then you can really put down some and then I'll, then I'll do, then I'll <laughs> fucking pound it. Uh, when I was hungover, I, w- I could definitely eat if the opportunity was was presented to me. But um, uh, so I already wasn't eating breakfast, and then you remember? I mean, you you were the catalyst of it without without knowing it. Uh, but my lunches kept getting smaller and smaller. I kept asking for less and less. I kept eating eggs. less and less till by the end of that run, uh, you only ever would pack me with a, a thermos of broth and like two hard boiled eggs. And that's all I would ever even like that was maybe I wouldn't even finish that sometimes. I would definitely drink all the broth. But, you know, if the egg wasn't feeling it, it wasn't feeling it. And I quickly came to realize because occasionally I would have like the boss would bring in lunch. And I'd eat a sandwich or something. And the rest of the day was hard. It was like the let I just started like listening to my body, and the less I ate, the better I felt. And so that felt good. And then it wasn't until I quit that job that then I was on my own schedule, not not being told I had to take an hour for lunch, and I just didn't find time for lunch. And then I'd be, and it would be night uh, dinner time, and you'd be like, "What what did you have for lunch?" I'd be like, "Oh, you know what? I forgot to." Huh. And then within a couple months, I was like, you know what? I don't eat lunch or breakfast. I do have cream in my coffee. So it's not, I'm, I don't think, I don't know what the definitions of fasting, intermittent fasting, all that is. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I want the cream in the morning. My body seems to be good with it. And I don't want the lunch in the middle of the day. Although occasionally I do. I uh, think if you're, if you were putting sugar in your coffee, this would be a whole different conversation. Oh, absolutely. I, I would be concerned about you and your health. I, and you would also probably be hungry all the time. I have done that from time to time. Just as I was about to say with the, you know, occasionally I'll have lunch and it fucks me up. It makes me hungry. Yeah. It like, it like, it's like, um, you know, I used to say when, when I, when I used to drink, like, oh, I can't pee. Because once I pull that cork, I'm going to be peeing every, every half hour. You break the seal. Yeah. Break the seal. Um, you know, it was like, I could, I could drink 25 beers without pissing, but once I piss, I'm up every half hour to piss. Yeah. And, uh, when you're in a bar and you're in the middle of a good conversation, you don't want to have to break that up to go in the other room and piss. <laughs> that's why you just pee with into a jar under the, on oh, the, yeah, the that's, table. That was, that was, that was what your MO was. <laughs> uh, but it was, just, but it's kind of the same thing with the eating, like, and occasionally, um, like for whatever reason, like, oh, there's a, there's a bottle of maple syrup sitting here. I want to splash of that in my coffee for some reason. Cause I, not for some reason, cause my brain is overriding my bodily instinct. And you're like, that looks like good maple syrup. That looks it is. fucking delicious. I got new maple syrup. I just, I just want a little, like a, like, you know, a tablespoon just, of just that in my, in my, <laughs> in my creamy cup of coffee and damn, am I right? It's the best fucking shit I've ever had. And I get to work and, uh, it's like. Within an hour, I'm like, huh, that's weird. I'm hungry. How come I never feel like I'm hungry? And then, like, before I know it, it's like what would be lunchtime for a lot of people, and I'm, like, starving. And a lot of the time I can over – I can, again, use my – now my body is telling me to eat, but I'm using my brain to override that and be like, no, 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 you – you don't normally do this once you get past this. And sure enough, once I do, it's fine. And then I have dinner. And So uh, this is really bringing up some feelings because I'm constantly researching diet. Like I, I, I can't stop at this point because I started my life there researching diet. I'm doing air quotes mm-hmm. by going to Weight Watchers or, you know, reading the Slim Fast insert. Um, and I've had to undo all of that by learning nutrition the Weston A. Price Foundation has been the best resource. Actually, I just put an application in to be a chapter leader. I didn't yeah, tell you that. Yeah, there, well, there, awesome. there is a chapter in 
Bellingham already, but they like stopped meeting because of the pandemic. And so I, I feel like they don't, um, don't speak to the values of Western A. Price Foundation because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I put my notice in there and if it comes up as to why I want one, even though there's one close by, I will bring that up. But anyway, um, They've been great, but then there's this other, this is newer, I guess, this term, they're calling it a meta metabolic approach to, to diet or whatever, okay. and especially for women to regulate your cycle and everything. It's okay. really important to have like good mineral balance and things like that. So I've been kind of digging into minerals because magnesium made a big difference in my life. So you're saying this life. positively, the metabolic Sure. Well, okay. Because it sounded okay to me, but I thought you were maybe being I'm going to tell you how it contradicts it. with yeah. what you're talking about and why I think both are fine. Okay. That's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. This. I'm loving this. It's great. So the metabolic idea is that you basically, similar to Ayurveda, that you want to continue to stoke your digestive fire so that your digestion is good and that there is all of these... Um, different markers to tell you if your metabolism is healthy or not. Like your body temperature, if you have cold hands and cold feet, you're mm -hmm. burning at a lower temperature, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't sleep well or you wake up during the night, that's a bad sign. It's um, it, how hungry you are. Being hungry is a good sign that your metabolism is working. Mm -hmm. um, uh, things like, you know, uh, good hair, nails, teeth, um, good energy level, not being snappy and angry. Like all of those things are a sign that your digestion, your metabolism, was working good and by your digestion working well it means you're going to absorb the most nutrients from your food and be able to use the things correctly and blah 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 so a lot of women who have fertility issues seem to find the metabolic diet and and find success with healing things like endometriosis and uh, polycystic ovary syndrome and like other things like that right mm -hmm. and it, it's it's not it's it's saying balanced meals you know balance of of real food carbohydrates, real food fats and real protein. And, uh, I like that. I like that because it fits, it overlaps with like any of the Weston A. Price stuff. Just like, just eat real food, right? Mm -hmm. Jerf, just eat real food. But it was really hard for me when I first started listening to this stuff because it contradicts the research that I, and the success that I thought I had with intermittent fasting. Well, when I started to dig down more into it, oh yes, since I had started fasting, I have found that I'm cold mm -hmm. and that I wake up in the middle of the night and that my blood sugar has more highs and lows than it did before. My hands and feet are cold. My nose will be cold at the wrong times during the day, the times where I'm active, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, you know, the answer to this is not that intermittent fasting is bad. And now I know it's that it's different for everybody. And it probably even is different at different times in your life. See, I love this. You don't even know it, but you're just telling me that I'm hundred percent right. <laughs> of course I am. Cause I didn't make it clear. I, I didn't think to, um, I am in no way promoting intermittent fasting. Uh -huh. I am in no way anything like that. The only thing I'm promoting with my philosophy and thought on this is listen to your body. Listen to your fucking body. And come on, come it. on. Listen, listen to, to your, your body talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what me and my nine-year-old sing. Listen to your uh, tummy talk. Is oh, Timmy talk. Changed yeah, it to when he was little. Instead of money. Yeah. Um, AC, DC. Horrible. Uh, but um, I in no way think that what I'm doing is what anybody else should be doing unless it is what they should be doing. Um like I, you're using, okay. So like I have no scientific backup in my, in my listen to the body thing. Right. I'm just like, I feel good or I don't feel good. I feel like, like back in that shop, you know, like reaching up to the top shelf to get shit down and having to climb up ladders and doing, you know, just doing whatever physical shit, uh, was, I felt logy and like, I didn't want to do it when I was full and I had no problem doing it when I wasn't. I wasn't measuring my body temperature or any of that kind of shit. I just, I, you know, I, especially back then, I didn't think about my body on the on those types of terms or levels. It was just, you just got to do what you got to do. It doesn't matter. You hurt, you fucking go, you know, like, um, but, uh, and I'm not talking hurt. I'm just talking like energy, the energy that I have. Like I found that I had more energy the less I ate. Uh, maybe if I'd measured my body temperature, I would have found some, some correlations there too. Um, 
I also, I, I briefly mentioned having lunch sometimes. Sometimes I feel like eating, not because I had the sugar. The sugar was like a like an override thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there are days where I'm doing everything very normal. And for some reason, like the second I walk in the door here, I'm like, I want to eat some cheese. It, it wasn't, there was no buildup. There was not, I'm not thinking of the flavor. I'm not wanting that because I feel like satiating my taste buds or my mouth or anything like that. Because it's you're that bored my, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, my body is telling me, put cheese in here. Mm. I'm pointing at my belly. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's what I do. I never, I, I try not to override that. I might override that because I'm busy. I don't have time to do that. Or maybe I even go, uh, I should override that because I don't, I'm afraid that'll make me hungry. And that's bad. Like, because I think I need that cheese, or maybe it's not even cheese, but I need something. Or you'll and eat maybe a piece of bread and the butter cheese will trigger the metabolism to start and make me hungry, and that's going to make me say, "I want a slice of beef," and that's what I really needed. Yeah, but, well, you know, or, like, or it'll just make you eat a better dinner. You know, like it doesn't matter; it's right. not that far from dinner. But I think the point you're making is interesting, and like what I've heard from like the Ayurveda stuff too, with circadian rhythm and um, cortisol is that that warmer temperature when you wake up in the morning and through the day and then cooler in the evening is, is um, the way, or maybe I'm saying it backwards. Oh, I hate when I do that. Now I can't remember which was right. It's either one or the other. You start out cold and you get warm or you start out warm and you get cold. Um, But I feel like yours now I can't remember at all, but I feel like you, you followed, I, I looked into that and I was like, you follow that, that rhythm and I'm the opposite of it. Uh-huh. when I'm fasting. And that's that's another indicator that it's not right for me. Uh-huh. Because I think with women, especially when they go fasting a long time, it raises your cortisol, which is the stress hormone. That's like your fight or flight hormone. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes you like, maybe you'll have a really good energy, but it's just because you're in like that fight or flight mode. And it can be stressful on your body over time. I love scientific ways of saying women are bitches. It's <laughs> not uh, what it says. No, it doesn't at all. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, that emotional side is actually something that I, I rarely do, but I like to address in this too. If I was getting angry, yeah. If I, uh, what's the word everyone uses? Hangry. Hangry. If I was ever hangry, I'd probably better fucking eat. Yeah, you know, you're never like, a dick because you're not eating during the day. Yeah, like uh, there, there might be a moment here. I'm not even really a dick, but there might be a moment where I'm feeling emotional because of food, uh, like on. Um, Thanksgiving where I've been smelling freaking beautiful food all day and I'm like trying not to eat because I don't want to spoil my appetite for the meal where I'm, I'm, I'm like feeling hungry. Yeah. Not, not listening to my body, but like my feelings, you know, whatever. I don't know what do women call it. Feelings. Stop it? saying that like feelings. <laughs> uh, like it's an emotional hunger. Yeah. Um, and you know, people, that's not a, that's not a far out concept for most people. You eat emotionally people eat emotionally right you know like yeah. uh, uh uh ice cream you break up with your boyfriend and you go get ice cream it's all women i don't know stop why. talking like that that's not how lady sound <laughs> i don't know why i keep thinking of women it's probably pretty sexist of me. it's completely that uh, okay you break up with your girlfriend and you go get a uh arby's sandwich is that what the male version of that is? <laughs> Absolutely. 100% <laughs> Arby's and a bottle of whiskey. And a bottle of whiskey. Don't they sell whiskey at Arby's I think now? they have at least some kind of uh, whiskey uh, brand oh. ambassador for their barbecue oh, sauce. I am sure. Oh, <laughs> like my Jack God. Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. I will bet sauce. you $100 at some point. There has been a whiskey, an Arby's whiskey. Oh, hell whiskey. yeah. It's like, going to be they're Jack They're smoked because like, they have like sm- – is there beef smoked? I don't know. I it's don't know. not. It's lunch meat. I don't we'll know. We'll pretend that it's smoked. There is a scotch. There's a a, a, a bourbon scotch. It was bourbon, but then we st- stuck it in the fucking rack with the, with the Arby's roasting beef for two years, and now it's a fucking aged – uh, Arby's scotch <laughs> and that shit has not been, there's bottles that have not been opened and they're on eBay right now for over two grand. So you're telling me there's whiskey that's Arby's flavored. <laughs> I was, I was talking about barbecue sauce. No. That was whiskey no. flavored. I'm putting a hundred dollar bet on that. There are $2,000, uh, 2000 plus dollar bottles of Arby's scotch on eBay <laughs> right now. <laughs> Okay, I retracted that. Oh my God, I like where we've gone with this better than what we were talking about. I don't know. I feel like literally I can turn 
any conversation about anything into food. Mm-hmm. Like I just do that to food. And I can turn diet. any conversation of food into Arby's. <laughs> into Arby's scotch. That's gross. I think um, you should ask, uh, what's his name? Dangerous World. No, not Ryan that's Dean. not. Yeah, no, I, that's the wrong Midnight podcast. Mike. No, I, I totally said. Is it, is, is it Dangerous World? Is that his? Ryan Dean's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I confused it like three times. In my Ask head. him how many bottles of Arby's yes. Scotch he has. Yes, I want to know how many bottles of the RB Scotch that he has. So um, you know, I never heard him talk about Arby's if I think about it. I thought that he did talk about Arby's. I'm sure he has. I just... I'm sure he if has. If either forgotten or haven't heard that one. Yeah, he needs to get back on the good episodes of his show <laughs> where he just talks about food the whole time. Uh, he spits fire. He's got good episodes. No, he has excellent episodes. It's funny because the, those are my favorites because that's but just my I'm, personality. I'm kind of with you. You know, speaking of him, it's, it's pointless to bring up at this juncture. Well, no, it's about food. I got a new cookbook. Oh, yes, we did. Garbage Pail Kids Cookbook. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty rad. It's, yeah. It's a novelty for sure. And it's brand new. But it's brand, brand new, like 2023, brand, maybe 2022. But yeah, brand new. I was waiting for the recipes to be like store-bought gummy worms and store-bought cookies and store There's a little bit Skittles. of that to it. You know, there's uh, uh, stuff like the dirty diapers are basically those that Greek food that's like ground beef wrapped in dough. Samosa. Oh, that's like an Indian food. The, or is they it call Indian? them samosas, but they have hand pies and Greek food um, too. Uh, but they say they get a tube of croissant dough and, oh, you, yeah. and you wrap them in that. But it's just ground beef wrapped I'll in make, a thing to make it look like dirty But diapers. I could make the Lebanese version of that. Lahash Bajim, I think is how they said it. Like mm-hmm. I haven't ever looked at that word. I've only repeated it from Arabic people yelling it at me. So, but those 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 shits were good and it was made with phyllo dough. And then there a third of them were just like sloppy casserole kind of looking things that you add green food coloring to stuff to uh-huh. make it look like snot, you know, or whatever. Yeah. The, the best one that seems the most promising is to basically make a pizza crust out of popcorn yeah actually i want to try that i mean they say add a shit ton of green food coloring to make it look, look like, like snot. snot corn snot corn <laughs> but it was uh it was like tomatoes and butter and herbs to make like a, a buttery pasta sauce essentially uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then you toss your popcorn in that and then you lay it out on a sheet and you bake it with cheese on top of that and cut it into slices like pizza it's like popcorn crust pizza. Weird. I know. Um, I, I, like, I'd give it a shot. I would too. And it's like, oh, Except that's it's actually. A, it's cheesy Charlie's snot corn pizza <laughs> face <laughs> yeah, or something like but that. It's like, it's like mostly real food, which is like a good thing. And then each one has like a, it's related to a garbage pail kid of the past. And it shows that sticker and it has like a, a, you know, four paragraph little description. I think they're all from the point of view of the garbage pail kid themselves. And yeah. I like that kind of looks like snot. I'm hoping it makes our nine year old want to help me cook something. So, and then the back end of it is, um, uh, edible science experiments, which those, is, those look more which fun. Is cool. I mean, I, I, edible though, I think would be um, a loose term <laughs> I, I <laughs> based read, on the ingredients of those things. I read the review in a room org magazine and I was like, that sounds cool. And then I looked at it on Amazon and it was the, the edible science experiments was like, yeah, you know, that makes it worth the 20 bucks. Just yeah. To, like making edible slime or like Play-Doh kind of yeah, stuff. There was that's like, yeah, made out gross, of food ingredients, gross colored, uh, uh, Play-Doh. I maybe we'll just skip the word edible for our nine-year-old and just tell him it's stuff. Yeah. It's just experiments and that you can play with. That's made out of food. It's like just made out of stuff from the kitchen. The the Play-Doh one is just unsweetened dough. Um, then there's could, other ones like cornstarch and cornstarch and stuff. Slime. And, yeah, yeah. That's not really edible. I mean, yeah. it's just it's not going to kill you if it gets in your mouth. Right. But. It's not going to or absorbing it in your skin. I mean, even oh, like maybe, some of that especially shit that kids play modified cornstarch is yeah, like an ingredient yeah, yeah. you see on stuff these days. You know, like what the fuck is that? Who knows? But you know, we've already been going out this an hour. We've been all over the place. Responsibility in from responsibility to being forty two and having a, being excited for a garbage pack kids cookbook. <laughs> That's where this one went. That was the straight line between those two things. You're like, yeah, we're pretty poor. We got less money. I bought a garbage pack kids cookbook. <laughs> you're like just slick back your hair because you're a real piece of shit (laughs) dust my hands off I think I did my part 
Oh, I love it, though. I mean, it, it's like more activity books for homeschool. Like, we can justify it any which way. Also, I had credit on Amazon from, like, you know, the yeah. the associates account. From but, all of you fine people who have helped us out by using our Amazon associate links, we really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, if you ever buy anything, I've inspired you to buy anything. There's always links in the show notes of stuff to, um, to the stuff I talk about, and then people buy from there. Then I get a little kickback. And it's, I mean little. It's like 2%. Mm-hmm. But it adds up, and I appreciate it. So we buy shitty cookbooks with them. <laughs> I appreciate it. Also, we buy shitty cookbooks that we're not actually going to use to any recipes from, but we take the general concepts and see if we can turn them into something Yeah, decent. or I just like looking at the pictures in cookbooks, so and there's a lot of that going on. Uh, realistically, if, if we didn't have kids, I still might want that just to – have it and read it and we would have it it. on display and i would like maybe i well maybe that popcorn (laughs) pizza that's like a decent concept to give a shot to but a lot of it's just it's just garbage you know it's it's like gonna be pizza that's not as satisfying and it gets stuck in your teeth (laughs) yeah and and then other things are just food that we already basically eat yeah just rearranged to like a casserole that's like supposed to be sloppy yeah there was like a spaghetti squash casserole though oh there were spaghetti yeah. sandwiches i didn't actually read oh, that spaghetti recipe, sandwiches. i'm like that's just spaghetti what my grandma liked to eat well uh i'm really glad we got a chance to sit down and talk mm-hmm. in this way this in this way fun yeah we get to we're, sit down and talk but this is this is great it's uh i'm like keep i keep my attention better with you when we sit down to talk like this yeah there's something about when we talk and we don't have uh, to a nine-year-old demanding attention in completely separate ways the entire time. Yeah, with the TV on as well sometimes, and then like the dog whining or jumping on me, and oh, me yeah. like trying to cook something at the, all at the same time. And I'm like walking backwards trying to get outside because I have to. And do you're X, like standing there with your freaking coat on, sweating because you've been Cause still trying to finish a thought <laughs> for so long. And you're like, yeah, because then we didn't even go to the moon. Or and, the, and then I'm just about to close the door and I'm like, but then he said that we went to the moon. I was like, well, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is this is nice sitting in the, the cold basement and um, in the morning and having a cup of tea. And talking with you is awfully nice. But now it's time for us to go back up to the real world. And I actually, I have to do stuff in the basement before I go up. Restocking my upstairs pantry from their long-term storage and mm-hmm. taking inventory. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, yeah, we've got a garden to expand. We've got chickens to feed. We've got plans to make. Less we've got chickens to feed. <laughs> we got more chickens to more feed. More chickens to feed. We got eggs in the incubator. Yeah, and, and for anybody, we didn't really give an update this episode, but um, the Greener Postures podcast uh, episode that's going to drop or has dropped Monday, the April 3rd is a homestead update. And it, while it's just me speaking, I'm talking about what we're working on uh, around here in a little more detail. So you can check that out. If you like hearing about our, you know, what we've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, as far as the greener postures, the membership has been really fun and there's like lots of cool people in there now. And I got patrons and I've got a lot of people who signed up outside of Patreon, which is an option too. greenerpostures.com slash membership. And I'm, I'm sending out extras during the month and this month we're, we're talking all about cultured dairy. So yeah, yogurt, kefir, cultured butter, cheese making, which I've made cheese now and you've eaten my aged cheese and it's very good. It's not dairy, but you should work in uh, coconut kefir when you're talking about oh yeah i will for sure because as much as i love dairy and i think dairy is probably better for i don't know whatever who cares what i think is better for anybody but that coconut kefir is like some of the most beautiful magic it's ever been in my Uh, life i just made it the other day and i have some in the fridge and you didn't even know about it i didn't even know it's not marked it's just a random jar with white oh that's that stuff i was drinking you just saw it was horse, jar. horse I, th- I thought it was horse loaded. I was like, Damn, this tastes like, this horse must have been eating a lot of coconuts. <laughs> yeah, so it's all dripping in my beard. <laughs> Gross. It goes like glazed donut. Okay, enough. Enough. We are so funny. Um, but yeah, uh, my other podcast where I'm not a really crude <laughs> is also good more for family friendly stuff. Although I do drop the occasional swear. I can't help myself. I say shit sometimes when I get passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, no, no live workshop this month. But if you missed it, the sourdough workshop it was really good at the end of March there and you can purchase the replay. That was that was fun, too. So, um, yeah, uh, greener posture stuff. And then we're going to try it to be here at least once a month, but maybe, maybe we'll return to a more frequent schedule now that you're having yeah, more time off. I, I really hope we do. 
Just, I don't want to make any commitments and say that we are, but um, you know, yeah. uh, hopefully we do. I like I like being able to sit down on a Sunday morning. Maybe that could be a thing. Oh my god, it's freaking Sunday. Yeah. Oh, this is weird. I haven't been at home on a Sunday morning in a long time. Yeah, this is this is good for the whole family. So yes. I'm I'm glad to have you here and to have this time to to talk and thanks to everybody who listens and leave us a review if you haven't already and thank thank you again uh to clay for listening and for, for writing that nice email yeah all right uh, peace out <laughs>